welcome back to What the Fertility Season 2. This morning, we are welcoming Tamika Michelle Johnson, attorney, certified matchmaker, and most importantly for this podcast, publisher and author of 40 Plus Fertility Tips for Women Over 40 Who Are Trying to Conceive. Tamika naturally conceived her sons at 41 and 43 years old. Welcome, Tamika. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> We're so excited to I'm have excited. you. I know. <laughs> I don't think we've had, we've had so many podcasts in season two about the topic like pregnancy over 40, but I think you're our first guest, number one, to write a book about it, but but number two, to do it naturally. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 yeah I think everyone we've had has gone through IVF or some kind of like additional treatments or something. Donor. So it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a journey though, regardless of how you do it, whether it's natural or with assistance, it's it's a journey. Yeah. So can you, would you mind sharing with our listeners? I'm sure obviously this starts a long time ago um, and you have quite the career. So I'm not sure if that played into just the delay in, in, the, in wanting to have children or what that looked like for you. So, yeah, no, the career didn't have anything to do with it. Um, that was probably more relationship-based, <laughs> the reason why it didn't have anything. But, yeah, so I actually I have three children all together. My oldest is almost 21, and I had her when I was 25 years old. So was not planning on getting pregnant. It definitely was, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I did get pregnant. It was after my first year of law school, and I was a single mother basically from the time that she was born. And I knew that I wanted to have more children. I just was like, I'm not going to do it to a single mother. Again. Like, this is really hard, tough, and challenging. And then struggle, like, dealing with everything else that comes with going to law school, graduating, becoming an attorney, opening your law firm, like, all of that. Yeah. So at 30, like so many women, I'm, like, into my career. Now, I just really kind of started practicing. I met a guy. And... <laughs> fell in love um but it was not the right person unfortunately and unfortunately I was with him for 10 years and what I refer to as my good baby making years all of my 30s so basically we were together um 30 to 40 it was on again off again it was really an unhealthy relationship there was a lot of stress involved my hair was coming out and I say all this for for a reason um and just the dynamics of the relationship was not healthy. So at 40, looking at how this was just an unhealthy relationship, not just for me, but for my daughter, because she's living it and experiencing it as well, I had to finally choose me. And so I had to end the relationship, which was really, really hard. When you invested 10 years in a relationship, it's, it's significant. So I ended up reconnecting with my now husband. Um, it's kind of ironic. They had broken up with my ex and I'm like in my day, in the middle of the day, uh, going to an appointment, but I stopped at a shopping plaza and I'm walking and this car almost hit me <laughs> and I look and I'm like, this guy almost hit me. And I look and I look to see who's driving and it is my now husband who we met. Um, we met back in 2003 when my daughter was one initially and we just kind of kept in contact every once in a while. But uh, yeah, I saw me almost hit me and we kind of reconnected from there. So I guess it was just like meant to be. Meant to be. Yeah, that's wild. (laughs) I love that. Yes. So we started dating and probably six, eight, 
six, eight months later, then we started to, we decided to be exclusive in a relationship. So of course I'm 40 by now. I have the conversation of, do you want children? He was 46, 47 at the time. Again, I was 40, you know, and I hear all the statistics, like we all hear at Ford at 35 plus. Um, can you get pregnant? It's going to be really hard to get pregnant. If you get pregnant, you're going to have a miscarriage. If you do have a baby, there's going to be some deformities or defects or something like that. So you're just terrified. But, and I'm like thinking, I'm not sure if my eggs even work at 40 because I had resolved myself. I'm not going to have any more children. I'm 40. So um, we had a discussion early on and he said he didn't want to have kids. He didn't have any kids of his own. And so, well, we were like, okay, we'll, we'll try. Well, we won't try, but we won't try to prevent it either. So <clears throat> six months later, I wasn't pregnant. And so then I'm kind of putting it all on me. I'm like, 40, I was like, but wait a minute, I already had a baby. Like really in my head, I was thinking, yeah, I can, ha I know I'm 40, but I can still have a baby. I'm sure. So six months in, I'm like, his sperm doesn't work. Like he's like sterile. Like he's like, got to okay. be sterile. <laughs> I love it how women are like, we're not trying, but we're not not trying. And then when it doesn't happen, I was the same way. And then when it doesn't happen, you're like, oh, we're trying. Yeah, right. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, oh my gosh, I am barren. Like, really, I am barren. Or he's sterile. Like, one of them. Something's going on. Yeah. So, um, again, like six months in. And then one day, and I'll never forget, it was like on a Sunday afternoon, I went to the bathroom and I just like bawled. Like, I just, like, all of these emotions, um, just, I just became overcome by them. And I realized that I had not really fully processed my past relationship. You know, being a woman, being a professional, you just have, you built this skin, right? And so when something happens, you're just kind of like, I'm just going to keep it moving. Like, I'm not, I'm going to keep going. You know, things will get better. And I never really processed the relationship. Again, it was 10 years. I never shed a tear. And I needed to. It's yeah. like, you know, it's a law. And so I remember just kind of, again, just like falling and it was spiritual for me. And I was like, God, just help me get over my past, my ex, and help me be the wife that my husband needs me to be. You know, show me that, that, that path. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I was just overcome with so much peace. Like I've never experienced peace like that ever in my life. And a month later, I was pregnant. Wow. And so it's really just the stress and this pressure that we put on ourselves and we internalize it. And it really does impact our ability to conceive, especially when you're talking about infertility, you go to the doctors, you have all the tests or like everything looks good. Numbers look good. Why can't I get pregnant? Physically, you're fine. But a lot of it is, is emotional and it's mental. And so, you know, I tell people, you know, if you have something, a trauma, whatever it is, you know, go through it, process that, you know, go to therapy, you know, go to a counselor. It's so important. You know, your mental health, you know, plays a part on your physical fertility health. As Absolutely. Well. So, yeah. So I got pregnant. Um, we were excited. <laughs> <laughs> but the excitement quickly turned to uh, anxiety and fear. Again, because, you know, I went to Dr. Google and Dr. Google just <laughs> put me into another depression and uh, I would talk about it. And my husband would be like, you know, you should write, you know, blogs about it, like your experience of pregnancy at this age. And so I did. 
but I never published it anywhere because I was scared that maybe I was not going to get the pregnancy or something was going to happen. So I did have my son, couple minor issues. Um, <clears throat> he was diagnosed with IUGR, so he was measuring small, uh, like 8% in the 8th percentile. Um, that was probably the biggest issue with him. I ended up getting induced, but I was like induced like a day before my due date because he was still measuring small and because of my age. So um, I had him, but he was healthy. He was seven pounds, two ounces, something like that. So he was definitely healthy. Um, and probably like a week later, I was on my, my chair and I was nursing him in one hand. I had my cell phone in the other and I just started a pregnancy after 40 group because I was like, it's like, <sighs> like I did like, it. Now we can start this. <laughs> Easier. Let's yeah. do this. And so I wanted to create a community where it was a safe place for women who were either thinking about them, who they were thinking about conceiving or they were currently pregnant and just kind of weighing their options because there just wasn't a lot of support out there for women um, wanting to have children in their 40s. You don't have necessarily support from family or friends. They're like, you're going to have a baby at 40. Like, it's just, yeah. sometimes it's just looking like from society, like you're just old, like you need to be in your 20s or 30s. And so I just wanted, again, to build the, a safe place for, for women. So um, I'm, you know, super excited. This group, we have like over 10,000 members now from women like all over the world, wow. just sharing stories. And, it, and it's, it's a journey, right? So you have women who are currently pregnant, but you also have women who are trying to conceive. You have women who you start off pregnant, but they've had miscarriages. So I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask that. So like, I just, we, I have family members that are getting closer to 40, 36, 37. And, and to your point in the beginning they're they were in long relationships and it didn't work out. And so this is just so hopeful. I was telling one, I was like, yeah, today's guest, like she had two natural pregnancies in her forties. So that's a really great resource for these women that are like, don't just settle down because I think it's time that I have to have kids. There's, there's right. hope. Right. And I feel like around 38-ish, when you don't have kids, like when we start making like really bad decisions, like when you want to have a baby, because you're like, okay, now I've got to be the clock. I've got to be the 40-year-old clock. And like they make bad decisions in the choosing of their mate. Um, they're just like, I just want to have a baby. Um, and it may not be the best decision, but I get it. Right. Because again, we have, we have all these statistics of how how horrible it is but again I'm just so encouraged that there are so many so many women who can have babies and again it's, it's whether you're doing it naturally with IVF IUI egg donors like all all of that so um I will say about after I had my son started the group about three months later when my son was three months when we kind of like okay shh, okay <laughs> we've had the baby do we want to have more and I wanted to have more and he wanted to have another one as well. So we're like, okay, clearly I can get pregnant, right? <laughs> you can have kids. You're not sterile. We have confirmed that. We'll just go ahead and try. And then we made it till my son was about eight months and then we didn't get pregnant again. And I was like, what the heck, man? So, and I've never been huge like on um, like tracking and, you know, check your temperature, like all that. Cause I'm super lazy and I'm super busy. So <laughs> I thought it would happen. So when my son was about eight months, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to be a little bit more intentional. I am 41 at this point. So I got an app and, you know, put in my, my, um, my cycles in there, which I always kept track of. And 
probably a couple of days after I had the app, it was like, you should take a, you should take a pregnancy test. I'm like, no way. So I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. So it was before I even got to the, the fertile period. I was like, wow, like this is amazing. And I think part of it in a way was like, I just kind of released that stress. Like I think from three months to when my son was eight months, I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. And I'm like, every month, you know, like my cycle going to come. Damn, like my cycle came and yeah. you go through this, you know, up and down. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's just, you all know. It is just, <laughs> it, it's just so frustrating going through those up and downs, like every two weeks almost seems like, right? So, but I think that I was like, okay, we'll just start next month. And my body was able to relax again. And I was able to conceive. Unfortunately, that pregnancy ended up in a miscarriage and probably around eight or nine weeks. And so I went to my OB and she asked me if I wanted to try again. And I was like, yes. And she's like, you know, just wait one cycle and you can try again. And so that's what we did. And um, that cycle, I think, of May, I was tracking, so I was fertile. And we totally capitalized on that fertile week. Capitalized <laughs> like, on the day. My husband still remembers. Like, Do you remember that week? He's like, yeah, I remember that week. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> That happens then. <laughs> right? I know our calendar used to be full with like hearts, like on all the fertile days. And now that like we're not trying, my husband's like, where are those hearts? <laughs> yeah, I want a heart. <laughs> yeah. So um, fortunately, I, I ended up getting pregnant that cycle. And, you know, we found out the day before my son turned one. Oh, my son turned one and we found out. And so it was great. But again, it was because I did just have a miscarriage, that probably was the worst pregnancy. Because literally, every time I went to the bathroom, I'm checking. I'm mm -hmm. checking for blood, whatever, pink. And then one day, I was going to an appointment with a client, and I went to the bathroom, and it was pink. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, I'm miscarrying again. I made an appointment with the OB. Um, and they were like, everything is fine. You have a subchorionic hemorrhage, and so you just need some cervical rest. And it's like, okay. But still, just going through that pregnancy, again, still checking for all of that. Now, at this point, we have a couple thousand members in the Pregnancy After 40 group. And so I see all the stories. Mm -hmm. And again, because it's a journey, you have good stories, encouraging stories, but you also have the losses. Yeah. And so I'm reading this, you know, trying to monitor everything before I had moderators in the group. And I just remember just like this devastating story of a woman. She went through the whole pregnancy and then she delivered and the baby was still born. And it just, it just, from that point forward, like for months, the rest of my pregnancy, I was just like, I was just terrified. And I just could not, I could not wait <laughs> to have them and welcome into the world. Cause it just, it will drive you crazy. It's just, yeah, it's so emotional. So I just stayed on diabetes with, that one. It was so crazy because my, my oldest son, he was too small, but this one, he was too big. <laughs> and Isn't it was that, me. That's so wild that it's different for pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And like, I really like that you brought that up. I mean, that that's a horrendous story and I'm sorry for your loss and I'm sorry for her loss. And I think the three of us being in this space, like when you're so passionate about helping others and you're in that space for yours, 40 over and Amanda mm -hmm. and I, for this podcast, you hear, you hear the worst, you hear these horrible stories and then you like think, okay, this could happen to me. And so you're never really stress-free. Um, so maybe maybe we'll pick your brain after the podcast on how to get there. You were giving me some good tips before we started <laughs> <Yeah>. to record. 
Yes, yes, definitely. I wish I would have had some of those tips when <laughs> I was pregnant. You know, it made things a little bit, yeah. a little bit easier. But yeah. So I had my son. Um, I did. I did kind of battle with again, like gestational diabetes. I battled with the the doctor um, because he wanted. I, I don't think anyone actually passes the glucose test. <laughs> I just feel like most people don't. I, yep, I failed. Um, <laughs> did I failed twice. Yeah, I failed the first two, and then the third one. I like they said I borderline was ha- I had it. Like y'all, borderline. I failed the other way. Mine was so low. They said I was is it hypoglycemic? Oh wow. Yeah. Really? So I had a whole other thing of problems. So technically, you're right. Nobody does pass. <laughs> At least not the first one. The second one, I think you can get through, but it's that first one. I don't like none of them even pass. <laughs> and like really, like no one is going to drink this much sugar during oh. their pregnancy like why are we doing this <laughs> so um but yeah it was just interesting because the specialist just wanted to put me on medication and I'm so like if I'm if I don't need to take medication I won't mm-hmm. so I'm like well can we like figure out this like give me a chance to figure this out and my levels and all that so I went to a nutritionist which was great um and I figured out you know what worked for me so I kind of they gave me I don't remember what I guess it was metformin or something. Mm-hmm. It took like half a pill, maybe like a week or two. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm going to get this. I, I'm going to do it. Yeah, so, I, monitor I, it with I, like food and test your like blood sugar and stuff. I feel like. Four times be- a day or three times a day, three or four times a day. Yeah. Goodness. It's, it's a lot. So anyway, I worked it out. And um, yeah, so I had him. Uh, my birth plans were, I guess, different for for everyone, for all my kids. <laughs> first birth plan with my daughter was I don't know how painful this is going to be I had a midwife and I was like I'll go as far as I can go and if I need medication I just want it to be an option I went as far as I can go I started hallucinating and I was like I want medication and they were like no ma'am we can't find you a room <laughs> There's women coming in here are more dilated than you and so I was having a complete out-of-body experience so much pain. So oh, look at Amanda and I's faces. Our mouths on the like, floor. I am dying for you. I had an epidural, but my water broke before. And I will say, like that hour from the water break to the epidural was the most pain of ever. Hallucinating yeah, was, is a perfect terminology. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. It was like twelve, at least twelve hours. But so I had her naturally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I knew from that experience at 41, I was like, I want an epidural. Like I didn't get any stronger. You're like, hell I, no, I I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I want an epidural. So they actually, again, they ended up inducing me. I went to the doctor just to get checked. They were like, oh, he's small. We should induce. So I never went back home. I had my backpack. I just didn't go home. So my husband and my daughter, they went to go get everything. I went to the hospital and they induced me and I remember my water broke and then that's when the contractions started. And so I went through that for like five hours and I'm like begging for an epidural. They finally gave it to me and like, it was a breeze after that for yes. the most part. Yeah. But I do remember like, they were like, Oh, you're blo-. I remember getting nauseous and I remember they were, they were like, your blood pressure is going down. So we need to give you something for that. I'm like, okay okay, you could have told me I would have, you know, I just would have kind of looked to see what's going on. But um, that was like the biggest issue with my third son. I was like, I want to epidural about two weeks before I go in. So let's schedule <laughs> this now. <laughs> love it. Schedule this. And <laughs> I love that you're sharing this because I feel like I like read a little bit about your, in your, in the beginning of your book, but I feel like you're pretty holistic. Is that, would that be accurate? 
I will go natural if I can. I yeah. will use medication if if need be, but I will I try it. other things. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, if I can. So I'm I not adverse to medicine. So yeah, I was like, yeah, let's 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 do this. So I did, and it was a great, it was a great delivery. Like I didn't feel a thing. They're like, you're having contractions. Like I'm like playing. You're like, cool. Like, yeah, I'm playing Candy Crush. I'm like recording videos. <laughs> I it was great. It was great. So. I mean, that's that's so incredible. Not only you got pregnant naturally, and I would say quite quickly for both pregnancies, but that the pregnancies themselves were pretty smooth other than like the IUGR. And mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised they um, didn't induce you earlier. Yeah. So they usually, I think that's a big push for women 40 and up to induce like around 38, 39 weeks. Mm-hmm. And that was actually suggested to me with my um, my youngest son. And I guess because he was bigger as well. And I was, I think I was just so tired and I was just so over, I was mentally drained. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I do think yeah. it was a little premature to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think, I think he needed another week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he had jaundice and he had to go to the hospital like every day, for, like the first 12 days. That's so and interesting. Then, so I got induced at 39 and one and my daughter also had jaundice. Yeah. Yeah. I think I they, induced- like, they, like they need another week, right? Or, or two, whatever yeah. it is. Or, you know, some people like our bodies will, you know, deliver when they're ready. Yeah. I and personally won't be induced. And if I can, if I can choose not to, I will not. Mine was an elect- elective just for your exact story you shared earlier. I was just, I wanted the baby on the earth, earth side. I didn't want the responsibility of carrying her anymore. And I wanted, I wanted help, but interesting. I know I had to get induced early because of my lupus. Um, like I went mm-hmm. to a flare up and then Ben was like totally fine. He didn't have jaundice or anything. And I was Ben was, I was 38 weeks. Like Ben was a big boy, right? And he was big. (laughs) He didn't need, he please, I did not need him in any longer. (laughs) Right. You're evicted today. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so everything was kind of, kind of, when I actually had my youngest son, like two weeks before the country shut down, or the world shut down with COVID. So that was a whole yeah. <laughs> at least it was right before I feel like that would be like the best timing to have to deliver right around that time anyway yeah yeah it would have been so initially I had planned to get my tooth cut um when I had my youngest son but again because of COVID and because I had him vaginally they were like well you'll have to wait for six weeks before you can get it done but the six weeks then we were in COVID so they weren't allowing elective surgery and mm-hmm. I was like that's a sign <laughs> I'm not supposed to have this because yeah. if I don't have to do anything medically, like because it's not necessary, I won't. Yeah. And so I ended up I talked myself out of it quickly. <laughs> and I didn't get it. And um Kat and I were talking before, like I'm like using the natural family planning method right now, and I don't know if it's if that's the best, but because of my age, um, because I am close to menopause, I'm sure. I'm 46 now, and our bodies change, our change and our apps may not be as accurate and so I might be fertile on days where my app isn't fertile but I'm not and I may be fertile when it says I'm not fertile so I um I went to my OBGYN last week I had a checkup and it's it's very interesting so one of the, the the tips or one of the things I tell people or women is it's really important to find a medical provider who is supportive of you having a baby in your course because I have heard the like, horror stories of women who doctors like, why are you having a baby at this age? What are you doing? And yada, yada, yada. And that is 
just a horrible feeling. So I will say I've been going to the same practice for some years now. And like I told you earlier, when I had my miscarriage, the doctor, that particular doctor was like, do you want to try again? She knew my age. She was like, you know, wait a cycle. You can do it again. So when I go last week, <laughs> um, I went and I saw another doctor who was not even there when I first started going to this practice. And she was like, okay, what do you do for birth control? We talked about it before. And she was like, because at your age, you know, you're probably not going to get pregnant. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am. I just want to say <laughs> that since I've turned 40, I have been pregnant or nursing every year in my 40s, except for 46. So she's like, oh yeah, well, you are an outlier. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's so um, frustrating though, because it's like, so. it's it's already stressful if you're 40 or 20 or 30, and then to have your supposed health support already have mm-hmm. like that negative connotation. That's awful. That's a great right. tip. I do want right. to hear about some of the tips. Yeah, we will for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's just one of them. And she, yeah, if, if I was trying to have a baby now, like she just would have crushed my dreams. Yeah. Last week. And she was like, oh, well, you know, your A quality isn't that good either. So if you do get pregnant, you'll probably have a miscarriage. Like, oh, oh my God. God. So I left her a book. <laughs> I was like, listen. <laughs> you should, like, did you get slide it on the table? <laughs> I was like, I have something for you. <laughs> You That's need hard. to read this. <laughs> if you have patients who are like 40, like late 30s, early 40s, and they need some support, I think it's not medical based, but there is a lot of research in there. Yeah. Give this to them. Yeah. Because I love that. It's not very encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So did your book, okay, so you had both your sons at during your first after, during your first postpartum period slash new pregnancy, you started the online group. Mm-hmm. Um did the group spin into the book or you were like, man, I'm just so passionate about my experience. I want to give this to others. How did your book come about? Again, if you would have told me a year ago that I would have a book out now about fertility tips, I would have thought you were crazy because it just was not on my radar at all. So, but again, yes, it started with the group and then hearing the stories. And then I started a podcast um, right after, shortly after my second son was born. I had the podcast come out and it was, just pretty much just women in their 40s, 40 and up, who had babies, successful pregnancies and deliveries. And it's just kind of community because I would welcome every member who joined the group and I would send them a personal message. And you know, like when you have a number of people that that can be overwhelming. I would feel like half of my day, like chatting with women, like you have questions. And yeah, but and so I would get those stories from women. And then I would also interview women. And then just to post, like it's just it is just an amazing group. And I have to say, I don't really have to do anything with the group. Our moderators don't have to do a lot with the group because it's just a community of women running the group. Like every once in a while, there'll be something, but like they're just so supportive of one another. And so reading those stories, going through those stories and reading as well as doing some research. I, I finally came up. I was like, okay, no, let me go back a little bit. I did become, a, I did start a matchmaking agency. A couple of years ago, right? Yeah, let's hear about that. I know, I'm like so <laughs> curious about this. So the reason I did that, one, was because I have found that as a professional, successful professional, as a woman, the older you get, the harder it is to find a relationship or get into a relationship. And so I was working with a demographic of women, primarily like um, C-suite executives and attorneys and doctors and their associates. Right. And they're like my age, late 30s, early 40s, and they had never been married and they didn't have any kids, but they wanted to. So they're reaching that age. And so I've had these discussions. I literally have like women just like crying, like 
I feel like I'm being punished um, because, you know, I chose my career over having kids. And so I be kind of, I kind of became like the inspiration and encouragement for those women who were looking for mates, but they also saw my story that I had children in my 40s. And so I'm like, just relax. Like I know, again, around 38, that was my year. You start panicking, making <laughs> like just just relax it, it is possible and there are options so um that's where it kind of started like I started getting inspired by that and I wanted to give them more encouragement in the form of a book and I you know initially it was like 50 tips then I kind of dwindled it down to like 40 because I like the number 40 so I love uh, it um, yeah yeah <laughs> so my feng shui so um yeah that's where it kind of came about it's probably probably took like a year I was trying to give tips and I already had them somewhere right just kind of like brainstorming and I just kind of finally just put it together and put put the book out so um it's an easy read because again I do a lot we do a lot we work we parent we're wise like we have all this going on I don't want anything that's medical or complicated I want to go in and out like what is the tip and where's the resource like that's it and that's really what it is if you want to get through it in a day a book for women that are also, that that's awesome. I read the first, I think it's tip two and I could be wrong. Is it the water tip? And I wanted to touch on this for a reason. Is that, your, is that the second tip? It's the fourth tip. Fourth. Okay. See, it was so easy that I got all the way to water and I thought I'd only read two. Uh, so this is so interesting and I don't want to go on too big of a tangent, but my whole story is, is lengthy and I had miscarriage after miscarriage. So after the sixth one, same thing, I had dropped everything. We were moving forward with adoption. We had stopped trying to conceive and I had gotten a personal trainer. And in that, what the, one of my goals was, was to drink, I think at the time it was like 76 ounces of water a day. And I never in my whole life done that. I was like a one to two cups of water a day when I could fit it in. And I kid you not, four weeks after the program, I got pregnant with my daughter that's now eight months old. And it's just like, I tell my husband to this day, I swear to God, if it was just water and we did IVF, <laughs> we did IVF and all the we truly joke about it. He's like, are you kidding me? You could have just drank a little bit more water. But I really love seeing that tip in the book because I resonated so quickly to that, that I'm like, it, it really makes a difference. Yeah, I think it does. So yeah, a while ago, maybe probably two years ago, I did a poll in the group, like, where are you with your water consumption? And most people are like, yeah, I barely do it. Or I get it in when I can. And so like every once in a while, you'll say, no, I do a gallon. Um, they have different like measures, like half your weight in ounces or a gallon or whatever it is. I'm like, if you just get eight, like that's great. <laughs> whatever yeah. the minimum is. And, you know, I talk about in the book, like we're always still drink water, drink water, drink water. When it, from like the time you're a kid. Why? Like, why is that important? Can you tell us like why it's important? And in fertility, in a fertility world, um, it's because it increases your cervical fluid and which makes it easier for the sperm to travel to wherever it needs to go to. So you know, I wanted to put that in there, why it's so important. I mean, it's important for different reasons. No, but that you We're taught me that. that. Dude, Dude, I'm such yeah. a researcher that like, I never even thought, even after I did have a successful pregnancy, I never even really thought about it, but I was reading that and I'm like, oh, well, that makes so it much does. It makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. Never yeah. even thought of it. Okay. Sure. So share, share some of your, if you don't mind, are we okay to jump into the book? Before? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Will you share like your top five favorite tips out of the 40? 
top five. Okay, so the only one that's in order in the book is the first one, and that's just like stop trying for right now. Like that's the top. Love that one. <laughs> stop trying because again, we have all this distress um, in us, and we've gone through the tracking and all that. So just you know, give yourself a few months, and then try to incorporate a lot of these other tips. I don't think you need to do forty plus fertility tips. I think you can do a handful, and you're because it's really about making a lifestyle change. And it's, especially at our age, if you follow the tips, honestly, anybody, whether you're trying to conceive or not conceive, you follow the tips in this book, you will be a healthy person. You will add years to your life. And at, at our age, you'll be here longer for your children, you know, barring any you know tragic accident or any other health issues, but you're going to become a healthy person. Like men could follow it without, you know, maybe like three or four, which is again, like tracking. Um but it's about a lifestyle change. So one to stop for me <laughs> and water is one. I used to talk in like the three W's. It was water was, was one of them. One of my favorite tips. Walking. Walking is huge. Make sure you get some moderate exercise in, you know, it helps with blood flow, which you need, which goes towards your cervix and uterus. One of them. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goes to, your, to your female part, uh, which helps um, again with, with the blood flow that you you need um and weight there's another one that's really important uh, whether you're overweight whether you're underweight just find your ideal weight I mean even if you're going to go to like IVF or IUI the specialist is probably going to tell you if you're overweight you're going to need to lose some weight so why not start incorporating some of these tips and getting to an ideal weight beforehand it's just going to prolong the process once you get to a specialist and so those were three nights to give often. Um, I might give a little bit more than five. That's so a, that sounds great. <laughs> I just five up. <laughs> so I also know Kat as well that I speak as a work-life balance uh, strategist and speaker as well. And finding time for yourself. We often as women, we just give, 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 give. Like we give to our jobs, we give to our businesses, we give to our spark, but to our partners, we give to our spouses, we give to our children. And we don't take time for us. And so I was saying that every Sunday, which is why I'm able to do this, this recording today, <laughs> every Sunday is like my day, like the first half of the day. And so about between like three and five o'clock in the morning, I'll usually get it from the master bedroom and I'll come to my personal room, my private room. I have a bed there, but it's also my office and I'll go and I'll fall asleep there. And I have little ones. I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old. And every Sunday, they come to my room because they always seek mommy. They come to my room and they're like, knock, 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 knock. and they're knocking on my door and I refuse to answer. <laughs> and when I answer, for like 10, 15 minutes, like one time, I think they fell asleep in front of my door. Oh. And then, but most times, <laughs> I'm like, nope. You know, you're going to hear me speak. <laughs> I could be gone for all I know. So, um, but he, most times we'll go to the other room of my husband. Um, again, we'll get them something to eat, changes, pull up if that's what needs to be. We're, thank God, almost out of that stage. <laughs> um, <laughs> but change those. And I just kind of, you know, relax in my room. Now, there's bomb guilt associated with that. You're like, you know, can I really do this? Should I do this? You know, my husband you know, works as well. But no, you have got to be intentional about taking some time for yourself. I mean, that's so for your, yeah. for your mental I'm, headspace. The stress yeah. is like soaking off my body just listening to what you do. On I know, Sunday. right? 
It's so funny you bring this up. Like I, my husband and I got into it last night because like I, we do our podcast on Sunday. So like this hour feels like it's our time, but it's also so exhausting because we're like pouring ourselves into really work and a project that we want to be proud about. And so then I was like, man, I really want to go work out today, but I've already done the podcast. I don't think I could do that. So I'm about to steal this. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you've got to be intentional about it and you have to communicate it to other people. You have got to communicate it to your, your husband, whether it's your parents or whoever, even your kids at a young age. So they know they start getting used to that. Because initially when I thought of this, I told my husband, I thought I was very clear. <laughs> I want Sunday. <laughs> I was clear for about a week or two because he did it for like a week or two. And then like six weeks later, I realized I'm still getting up on Sundays. Like I'm like I'm still doing the same thing because I put on my superwoman cake and I just we just do what we have to do. And I was like, no, we're not doing this because I have reached several points in my life where I felt like I have been burned out. Mm-hmm. I've also represented mental health patients as an attorney for ten years, and so I know where I don't want to be. I have I have represented so many people, and it doesn't matter how much money you have, how many degrees you have, how successful you are, how much like any of that. It doesn't matter. We are all subject to burnout and we've got to be protective of our mental health and burnout. So find that time, especially when you have kids. And yeah. they'll be okay. Maybe you realize after the first week that the house didn't burn down. Like, I mean, there was only one time when my husband had to take down the door because one of the kids got their head stuck in it. It only happened once. So, uh, Oh my God. Okay, once in how long though? How how many years? Once a year? Oh my gosh. It was once a year. <laughs> oh my gosh. This that's amazing. I know I like need to have a conversation with Chris now after this. <laughs> like sorry yeah. guys. Even even my mom, like she'll call she used to like on a Sunday in the morning, be like, Oh, it's your day. I'm like, Yeah, it's it's my day. So usually it's about eleven o'clock noon. Like that's my time. And if you just wanna sleep, sleep. If you wanna watch T V, watch T V. If you wanna do like read a book, read a book. I would stay away from doing laundry or, you know, running errands because there's another time for that. Yeah. But it should be about you. Like, how amazing does it sound just to, like, go out on your patio with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, yeah. like, hearing the birds chirp and, like, no one around you. Yes. So. It sounds glorious. I'm like, awesome. I need to start this now. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, no, is. I mean, we were totally meant to talk today because I got up at four just because I was like, I just need, like, to sit in the dark and have my coffee so I can drink it. Yeah. And it helps whether you're trying to conceive yes. during pregnancy and afterwards. You just need it. And we have to just be more diligent about doing so. Um, I'll say the fifth tip would be to do a detox and a cleanse. Um, and I say that especially for women my age, um, because we have 20 years more stress. We have 20 years more of alcohol consumption. We have 20 years more of horrible eating. We have 20 years more of environmental toxins in our body. And so it's really important to get that out. And I'll tell a quick story. So after I had my my youngest son, I had two more pregnancies. Those both ended up in miscarriages as well. We weren't trying to get pregnant. We weren't really following um, my app. Well, we were. And we were like right on the line. (laughs) Like, Like, you're fertile Monday, right? And then I think it's Sunday at 11.55, we engage and I got pregnant. Like, okay. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> now God. there's a buffer. So right? <laughs> we have to make But um, um, 
between after 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 my youngest son, and I was still nursing him, I had an incident where I had to go to the hospital for about a week. I had um, um, pancreatitis. I'm not going to get into how I think I got it because I don't want to get into all of these conspiracy theories, but <laughs> <laughs> I got it and I was in the hospital for about a week. And so through that, I couldn't consume any um, food or water. I was just on fluid and um, my body was completely cleaned out, like, like completely. And so I got out of the hospital and um I'm not thinking, I think my husband and I, we were probably active like one time, like within that month afterwards and I ended up pregnant. And I was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> like what, what is it? And so, and I don't talk, talk about that in the book because it's like more medically based. Like I can't, I can't prove it, but I can say like just from personal experience, like we've been kind of doing that for a while. And I didn't get pregnant, but just like getting everything out and you lose some of that weight and, you know, all of that. I was like totally clean from like all these years. And I think really and truly that added to, to me being able to conceive that time. Wow. And so, yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, you do have all that stuff in your body mm-hmm. and you need to kind of get rid of it, especially if you're not like eating clean and all that, it's important to do a detox. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Is there, do you have any, I know obviously your, the reason you de- detox was because you were in the hospital and stuff, but do you have any recommendations of what people can do to detox? Like, so I list a couple things in the book. There's a few resources and I don't want to quote them wrong, but they're, they're in the book <laughs> that okay, you cool. can look up things that are popular for people um, and what works for them. Some of it is just going to be the, what you consume and in your body that way. Some people, it will be, you're going to take a supplement. To help you with that, um, I was to try a combination of both or do what what works best for you. But yeah, there's some resources in the book about that. Did you personally awesome. take any supplements that like were geared towards you know pregnancy in their 40s, or yours was just yours was pretty holistic? Mine was holistic. Yeah, yeah, and I have for a while I do um, blends anyway, and green blends primarily kale, but I'll switch it up like with spinach or. Yeah different kinds of things so I've done that for a couple of years as well to kind of help clean out and when I go for a while without doing it like I can feel a difference so yeah That's getting awesome. anyway. so where can listeners find your book to purchase sure. it, it's available on Amazon um the paperback and the Kindle version also Barnes and Noble if you're not a fan of Amazon Nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny story. Yeah. plus fertility tips, right? That's yeah. 40 plus fertility tips for women over 40. Okay. Yep. And it's a pink book. And so we'll tag it too um, on the post. But okay. So last thing, I know we're wrapping up with our time. I just have so many friends right now that either freshly divorced and they didn't have children, or they are very similar to your story, five plus relationship in their thirties. And now they're like, feel like they're starting over. And when they start over, they're like, okay, I'm starting over to find a husband, but like, I can't have kids now. What words of advice would you give those people? From a dating perspective or from a a hope perspective of you are not written off because you are 35 and older for having. Oh, absolutely not. So one of the first things I would say, if you're, if you're approaching that age is to join a support group. So of course I'll say mine, but there's plenty of others out there that support pregnancy, whether it's after 35 um, or 40. 
because I think that's really encouraging to know that there are women this age and older that can have healthy babies. So that'd be the first one. And um, oh my gosh, I'm kind of going into, do I want to give like tips on dating and meeting quality men? Because that's like my thing. I think you should. <laughs> no, I, think you should. I would love to hear it. And I know people would love to hear it too, because like, sure. I just keep hearing and I have more than one friend, but they're like, yeah, they're good. I mean, yeah, they're okay. And they're just like wanting to like get, get the whole process over with. Cause gosh, what, settle. yeah. What I'm hearing about the dating world right now is just. Uh, yeah. I have no desire to be in it at all, <laughs> no. but if I were, I, one of the things I say is we as women are not efficient in dating nearly as much as men are and to be a little bit more efficient and consistent. So whether you're trying to meet someone in person or online, you've got to be like, I just like take the number. How many dates do you want to go on a month? And you need to times that like times five because those are the number of contacts you're going to need to make. <laughs> I um, like and this. then it kind of like dwindles down because the people you actually will connect with and go out with, you'll probably be like at one or two people. Um, it's a numbers game. And so, and you also want to put yourself in places where your ideal mate is. So, if you want them to drive a certain type of car, make a certain amount of money, then you should be at country clubs. So, and yeah. just different places. If you're a professional, I tell people, you know, go to conferences that are not in your industry and get a room at the host hotel after hours, go mingle with that type of demographic. Like if you want I a doctor, then go to medical conferences. Don't that get a ticket was, to the conference, but go. <laughs> that's creative. Okay, man, I'm so happy I'm not single, but you're <laughs> this great advice. Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple of things. There's, I mean, there's a whole thing consultation I go with with women it just kind of depends on their interests and all that but those are some big ones yeah but it definitely is absolutely possible one of our moderators in the group she got pregnant naturally at 47 so she had a baby at 48 I had one encouraging story check out the podcast as well you'll hear just different stories but there was a couple Kelly is her name um her and her husband were both um disabled they're both in wheelchairs. And she had her son at 48. Now with IVF, I think um, they did both sperm donor and they did his sperm as well, the husband's sperm. Now this is after they've adopted a baby. And then they were kind of like, are we going to try? But they did 48 years old in in a wheelchair. Like it's one of the most encouraging stories to me ever. Yeah, and your podcast, is it listed? So if you can find it, is it pregnancy after 40? It's pregnancy after 40 and on all major podcasts. Well, thank you so much, Tamika. I mean, I, I personally learned a lot. Um, I'm not currently 40 or trying to conceive, but I really want to read your book um, in case that is um, something I'm coming up against in the next couple of years. I, um, we will link your podcast and I know you're getting, getting geared up to maybe do some new seasons, but I think that's a really good good resource for women. Um, do you mind dropping the name of your support group or how they can find that? Sure. So that's actually on Facebook. It's Pregnancy After 40 Private Group. There's a couple out there. So yes, yeah, they have to be one that's private group. And again, like whatever your age is, you are over 40. I tell women, go in a group, type in a number, but like 44, you're like 44 years old, but 44. And you'll see like the stories of women having babies or, you know, whatever's going on at 44 they can see because they have babies like just put in a number and you'll see all that so it's a great group of women 
Awesome. And then we will also link your book. So thank you so much for being on with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.